0: The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy.
1: Hello, seekers, welcome mystics, and bless you, keepers of the flame of life, you are tuned to The Open Door the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher.
2: And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett.
1: You know, as I was kind of thinking about this program today, as we've been delving deeper and deeper into this series, we're calling the Enlightenment Masterclass based on the Class lessons, it occurred to me that this is literally a handbook for spiritual life in the Aquarian Age. I mean, the, there are 48 lessons here that are just phenomenal. And they're shared by Jesus and by Kuthumi, who is, we might know better, St. Francis in a previous embodiment. But this is amazing material.
3: and well, you, know, you, just, you know, it is, Tom. And I think what's so extraordinary about our opportunity here to, to hear this is we get Mrs. Prophet to sort of read between the lines for us. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. that's what enhances it so much. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, um, as we were kind of coming into the show this morning, Realize that for some of you, this will be redundant uh, to kind of go over kind of where we've been. But for those of you who may be tuning into this for the first time, uh, we are now basically at part eight of a series that I suspect is going to go maybe twice that long.
2: Yeah. So this is really
1: fun. I mean, this is something we're developing a momentum here on this whole topic of Enlightenment Masterclass based on the Corona Class lessons i want to mention that at the top here because in case you're interested in getting this handbook this manual this guidebook for the aquarian age um you can get that in our bookstore tsl.org slash master take you right to it if you want to go through amazon or barnes and noble you're certainly welcome to do that too again it's the corona class lessons uh it's lessons on teaching others the way So let me kind of go back over some of the ground really quickly. I'll do this in short form as much as I can. And if you guys want to chime in, please do.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: In part one of the series, uh, we stress the importance of knowing our stuff, of leading by example and being properly prepared as we seek to teach others the way. In part two, we focus on the necessity for discernment. In part three, we looked at resistance to these teachings and how they threaten the core of um, basically entrenched Orthodox belief. Uh there's not many out there that you'll find who will say that Christ is the rule, not the exception. You know, that what we understand is that Jesus came to teach us the way of universal Christhood, and that what he said was, These things that I do so she so shall ye do and greater things. So we're kind of reminded that he was here to show us the way. As the Ascended Masters are too. And
2: then he taught the disciples how to go out and do the same thing.
1: Exactly right. And that's what the Corona Class systems is all about. In part four, we looked at life as a divine opportunity. Now, you'll hear us on many shows, if you go into our archives, talking about being co-creators with God. This has a lot to do with the fact that every thought, word, and deed is animated by God's energy. So, this kind of gives us a certain sense of accountability for what we think, say, and do. Because what those things are can create good karma or, in some cases, sadly, bad karma. We have to bear that load and balance that that ledger when the time comes. In part five, we talked about our soul's deep desire to return to our original home in God's heart. In part six, we returned to one of our favorite topics, the ascension. In part seven, we stressed the teachings of the Ascended Masters as a practical pathway in something we called the calling. And this is when we knew we had been summoned to a higher path And today. We're talking about something that is. We are titling the cries of your soul. So, what is it that our souls
3: want? Well, this, our souls want God. You know, and I think people have, at least I did initially, understanding what is my soul. I mean, is it a? Is it a? You know, is it a being? Is it a thought? Is it a fall of light? I mean, you know, what is exactly? Yeah. <laughs> and. You know, so that was never fully resolved. And then we got into teachings on our psychology and we learned about our inner child. And, you know, well, where's my inner child? If I look around, where is he? You know, (laughs) so I finally got that, that topic mastered. And then we were taught by Mrs. Prophet and the masters that your soul is your inner child. And when you think about that, your soul is innocent. Your soul is pure and yet burdened by things that are upon it. And so, the, the whole topic today, which I think is so provo- profound, is understanding our soul, how we relate to our soul, and why our souls, in many cases, are in great pain.
1: You know, the world is noisy. And with all the hustle and bustle, it's very easy to have that cry drowned out by what we consider to be necessary functions. Whether it's just living our lives, having a family, doing what we're doing in a, at a workplace, You know, on and on. There's a lot of things there that kind of take our time and attention. But the soul has got to kind of ascend to a higher place in our attention span. You
3: you know, Tom, it's more than just busyness. Why do people walk around with headsets or earphones? What are they? Earbuds, excuse me. (laughs) Earbuds, you know, it's like it used to be in the old days, you know, they had the little Sony Walkman and so forth. Why do they do that? They want to drown out the pain. Why do people become addicted to alcohol? And I'm not making, I, I, I am making broad generalizations here, but wh- wh- what is behind that? Or, or are the other drugs and so forth? Or, or continually watching TV or movies or whatever. It's so you can't hear that pain because people don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to, to, to interact with their soul, their mm-hmm. inner child. Some people work on it and can gain that. But a lot of this is drowning out. And as you suggest, the noise is self-imposed because a lot of people don't want to think about it. They yeah. just want to keep keep separate from it. And I think that's where understanding your soul can make such a big difference to people.
1: Well, you know, here's perhaps a hard question. Can the soul be lost?
3: Well, the soul is not eternal until the ascension. So, yes, souls can be lost. And I think that's, um, again, because of free will. If people continually choose not God, then eventually... That will be their choice, and they'll become their choice, if you see what I mean. I do, yeah. They, they so reaffirm it that they don't even want God anymore. And, of course, God respects free will, so the soul is not immortal.
1: Yeah, and I guess the the, the, the question would also be, if the soul can be weary... Does the soul simply give up at, at some point and say, I've, I can't do this anymore? I mean, I just wonder, you know, because if the soul is not immortal until the ascension, then, yeah. of course, the soul can indeed be lost. And if we're not paying attention to that soul, we run the risk of being disconnected from it in some way.
3: That's right. What I'm saying. Right. And I think, you know, where do you start? If you haven't paid yeah. any attention to your soul for, you know, 100 embodiments, where do you begin, so to speak? And I think it's going back, listening to that still small voice within, working with your inner child. You know, the soul can be frightened. The soul can be frightened if if you're making choices that are dangerous to you and to the soul. And so you comfort the soul even as you would comfort a little child. Well, let me make
1: a suggestion here then, because I think that prayer may be one way to do this. Of course, we use decrees, but a way of engaging the soul in dialogue is wherever you may be in your life now, you can invite the soul to have this conversation, to be able to come into this place where you basically say, okay, we're going to share this road together.
3: Yeah. You know? and, and, you know, be the sort of the, the father presence or the mother presence to your soul. Comfort your soul. Your soul will, you know, speak to you if you're willing to listen. And this is where, again, I'll go back to inner child work, which is so crucial because so much of your inner child work is also on your soul, you know, so to speak. So it, it's it's an understanding that your soul is not a silent entity within you so to speak right that's waiting for you waiting for us to really get on the path and, and return home your soul experiences pain your soul is is can get anybody's soul can get very discouraged for those that turn away from the path or turn away from the light and likewise souls can be very encouraged yeah. when people are are on that path homeward so think every soul as a child that has to be nurtured and loved and cared for
1: and the soul is not gender neutral isn't it interesting that we refer to the soul as she, as her? Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, I think that's something that people don't normally tune into. So that the, and who is the he? It's the Christ self. Yeah. So the, the Christ self and the soul form this, what do you call it,
3: binary. Well, who's but, who's the bride of Christ? Yeah. It is the soul. And, you know, of course, these are metaphorical kind of illusions, but you can understand that the, the marriage of the Lamb, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with our Christ within, the soul becomes one with the Christ who then becomes an ascended being through the through the path of the ascension? So when you understand that, and then you know, if I forgive me for going back to the same analogy, if I've got my soul, my inner child, you know, well, who am I? You know? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, so so you're multi-part. You know, and, and again, you have to separate yourself from your human creation, which is quote unquote whatever you know personality. Not personalities aren't bad per se. But any misqualified energy, you know, are our, our, what we call the dwelling of the threshold or our human consciousness is really our, our you know, our the enemy of our soul, so to speak. Yeah. And so don't get divided, so to speak. You know, there are parts of you that have to be sorted out, but you are one in God. And that's that's your goal. to You to know, make that.
1: I want to go back to something you said earlier that I really kind of resonated with. And that is that the soul can feel pain. I don't think that's something we ordinarily think of. The soul, for some of us, I think is something that is beyond that. Experience, but in right. truth, the soul does feel weary, tired. It feels pain. It feels the loss of its estate, and it feels this yearning and desire to to attain that oneness with God in the heart of God.
3: Well, it's like how did how does the soul get the attention of the outer outer being? <laughs> yes. You know, and of course, if you're listening to rock music or TV or whatever it is you're doing all the time, or playing games all the time. By the way, I read there's extraordinary number of young men in their 20s that are quitting work so they can game all the time. I read that too. Oh, so, you know, again, oh, it drowns man. out, you can't hear God and you can't hear your soul. And so this is because, and it's not because they're necessarily bad people, they don't, they feel something within them and they don't know how to deal with it.
2: That's it. And
3: when the masters will teach you how to deal with your soul, how to nurture your soul, help your soul, and on this path. So you can see where, um, when you when you begin the path of the ascended masters, They open up a small window at first, and then it gets larger and larger, and you realize the opportunity you have, and they will go with you. I mean, it's kind of a scary thing if you think about it. Have I been hurting my soul? I don't want to do that. How do I deal with this, you know, type of thing? Well, there are ways to deal with it and go forward, and just as you would with a child. And so it's very important that we take time to listen to God and to listen to our soul. And maybe
1: the best place to do that is to arrange a time and place where you can, like uh, taking 10 minutes to meditate. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't take that time because they get busy. I know when I've tried to meditate at times, I'm looking at my watch every two minutes.
2: <laughs> I, I don't think that's the recommended technique, Tom. No, it's not. Right. No, I think to actually take it
1: off and put it away. Well,
2: my wife was—I uh, think she's just going through the alchemy book, and and you know Saint Germain is talking about meditation, mm-hmm. and the creation of this cloud, so to speak, where you can, you can find that silent place where you can meditate. And and I'll—I'll I'll be honest. I've never been a big one for meditation. I guess I came to this path, you know, through some other, some other uh, roadways. But I am um, I think I'm going to get kind of serious about doing maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes a day.
1: It doesn't take long, and I think that it's an opportunity to have that engagement with your soul, to have that, that opportunity, you know, to, to speak to it, let it speak to you.
3: Yeah. yeah. Because
1: it's got something to say. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, a lot of what we talk about is – you know, it's reorientating ourselves to life, okay? Versus, you know, get a job, make money, you know, Usual have stuff. a family, you know, <laughs> pay off the mortgage, that type of thing. And and not though those things are bad, obviously, but they're putting them in the proper context. And where do you go where you hear it's time to nurture and care for your soul, which is part of your spiritual path? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I guess it's one of the things that a lot of people do in this culture is wait for retirement. They say to themselves, well, I'll do it when I'm retired. I'll do it when I got more time. The time is now. I mean, there's no waiting here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And people, people retire and all of a sudden they die. (laughs) <laughs> right. well that's a cheery thought thanks yeah. very much sure. well I know I mean you know well, I mean, on that note you, well you never know see so you don't know what that timetable right. is that's why the, you need today to today is the acceptable day of salvation
3: yeah. some, I mean, Paul I mean, said that someplace
1: and, and, and not laughing at that I mean, but it is sort of <laughs> thing that you, know, you, you get to that point point. you go wait I only had a week <laughs> I, know. You know? I know anyway well we got to take a break but when we come back we're going to listen to the first of two excerpts from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on this status and the station of the soul, crying out to be heard. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Please stay with us.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
5: At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to the Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. Uh, today we're
1: talking about the cries of your soul, those cries of souls yearning to be one with God and how we oftentimes drown out that, that still small voice by just being busy, by just living our lives and doing what we do. But the soul is sometimes like a lost child wanting to find her way home, but but not knowing how to do it. Here's more.
6: It is a great tragedy to find individuals in the world today who do not hear their souls, do not have touch with the soul. The soul is like the child that lives in your castle whereas the conscious mind is like the one who is the lord of the castle who dominates this temple and this habitation. And that lord of the castle is like the untransmuted mental body, the one has grown up, has become educated, has learned its maneuverings in life, its positionings, how to get around, how to be successful, how to make money, How to be in the right place at the right time. Now, that lord of the castle does not want the life he has established disturbed by the crying of the child, the longing, especially the longing for things that he cannot give, the asking of questions that he cannot answer. And therefore, you will find that this developed mind will silence and suppress the soul. And the crying child and what America is doing to the unborn child today in the line of abortion is exactly what we are allowing this developed mental body to do to our own souls there is a certain type of individual today that murders the soul aborts the beginning the budding the pressuring from that soul chakra to rise with the life force to the place of the heart The soul wants to rise and be instructed of the Christ Self. And Jesus explained that friends and relatives and those well-meaning associates would become the enemies of that soul, would align themselves with one's own carnal mind in an effort to convince one that it is not the thing to do to follow the path of the soul's overcoming. The soul's overcoming journey is a path of the soul that rises from the base of the spine chakra to the crown. It is a journey of many, many, many lifetimes, and we find in each lifetime we are at a different level of this mighty stalk of life that blooms as the lily at the crown. We find then that the path of discipleship is the path of the soul imbued more or less with drops of the Christ consciousness from its journeyings in previous lifetimes. So you are on a path of discipleship that is the path of the Christed One, the path of your soul. And along this path you meet the enemy. Of the reunion the enemy of the wedding the enemy of the bride who is about to enter into the bridal chamber the secret place of the heart to be eternally wed to that Christ this is why Jesus now speaks of the call unless your response to the voice of god be quick and without reservation you will be left as the rich young ruler who sorrowed because he had great possessions which he could not forsake to find the kingdom eternal there are many reasons why we must be quick and without reservation there are reasons why the virgins tended their lamps waiting for the moment when the bridegroom would call and he would be in the bridal chamber and open the door, and they must quickly enter. And the one without her lamps trimmed found herself shut out and not able to enter. In other words, there is a timetable to your union with Christ. It is preordained. The divine union is imminent in your life, and the call to enter in is like the opening of a cosmic cycle on the circumference of the circle of your cosmic clock. You are preparing on that clock as a disciple, entering into the mantle and the mandate of each of the twelve disciples, their paths, their mastery of the twelve points of the clock. Each one had a certain mastery to gain. In various lifetimes, you could be each of the twelve disciples. Something you don't know necessarily because you don't have the perspective of your I Am Presence and Christ Self. Just what is your attainment on each of those 12 lines? Ultimate attainment on all 12 results in entering in and going out nevermore, entering into the center of the circle of the cosmic Christ, the great initiator. Attainment on one of those lines may allow you to have the opening So that on that line itself, you may enter to the very center of the heart of Christ. And by entering in for a period, you increase in wisdom, in initiation, and in light. And you go forth again upon the circle of the twelve. So according to the listening, according to the prayer and the fasting, according to your acceleration of works by grace, you are in alignment and in attunement Not just for the call, but for the subsequent calls that come for each new level of initiation. It is a glorious path. But we must realize that when our father, when our mother calls, we answer immediately and we obey immediately. And there is a reason. It is a movement of the turning of the wheel of life. Life is in motion. The great hub is in motion in the great central sun. Your chakras are in motion. The light flowing through you is in motion. Cosmic history is in motion. The ongoing of world karma. And there are definitely the swinging wide of the door, gates of consciousness open, gates of consciousness close.
1: And that's kind of the bottom line here. I think that um, there was taken by the fact that there is a timetable for our union with the Christ, and we've got to be ready.
3: It's preordained, but it's not inevitable unless we make the free will choice to follow the path. And it doesn't mean you never make a mistake or you never trip and fall, but it does mean you're set of your sail is in one direction. And I, I think that, I love this one sentence, short one, it is a glorious path. Yes. <laughs> it is a glorious path. I mean, sometimes we talk about all oh, the saints and the legions on their body and so forth, but, um, you know, it's a glorious path. There are parts of the path that are hard. Well, guess what? Life is hard sometimes. Yeah. But it is a glorious path. And as we delve into these subjects, we don't want you to become overwhelmed because it's, it's not what God wants for you. But if you, Take from the show an understanding that your soul has a need and you can provide that need or begin to provide it. That's an extraordinary understanding that few people have on this planet in the context of the spiritual path. And honoring your soul, loving your soul, it's not hard. You can learn to do it. And, and you know, counsel your soul. I'm not going to forget you. Yeah. I may have not been listening in the past. <laughs> that was then. This is now. That was now. This is now. Mm-hmm. And and just like any child, you have to be true to your word. And so there are ways to do that. But don't be overwhelmed by, oh, I've got so much to do and so many places to go, so much to learn. Well, welcome to the crowd, you know, but you can take the individual and small steps, whatever you need to do to progress, whether it's your soul answering the call. And, you know, you you don't necessarily shift things overnight. You kind of, you know, how long does it take to turn an aircraft carrier, you know? And so, but you start to make the turn. You start to do things differently. And um, people will notice. You know, not t- you don't run around and shout from the rooftops, look at me, I'm on the spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Um, but people start to notice that you're doing things differently. And that's okay, because yeah. you're also nurturing to their souls when you take a stand for the light.
1: And we know, too, that aspiring to the Christ and through self-mastery, that the soul actually travels upward. If we look at this, many people may not be familiar with this, but if we're talking about the soul traveling from the seat of the soul chakra. Up to the crown, top
3: of the head. And where is the seat of the soul, Chakra Tom? It's where you can
1: hold it. It's right there.
3: By your belly button. By your
1: belly button. Yeah, you can actually cradle your soul. Actually, a
3: little below. That's the solar plexus. So it's a little low, is where the seat of the soul is. Well,
1: I remember one of the. um, um, It's the soul retrieval, something we do as a ritual here with our our
3: quarterly quarterly conferences,
1: conferences where um, Mrs. Prophet says, now if you imagine your your hands down below.
3: On your lap, kind of.
1: Yeah, that you can basically cradle your soul. What a very comforting thing that is! I noticed people's faces; I could see them because I noticed myself too, feeling this way. But what a wonderfully intimate, beautiful moment that was to actually experience contact with my soul in that way.
3: And you know, when you see people comforting a child that's yeah. in pain, it doesn't isn't it a nice scene. You know, where this this child is crying, and the mother or the father or whatever come over and comfort them and help them and overcome it. And When you think of doing that for your soul, isn't it a wonderful feeling? Oh, totally. (laughs) You know, and those that are vulnerable. And Mrs. Prophet, she talks about this castle. I thought that was a profound analogy. It's very telling. And, you know, be awakened, be aware of this child, and let us not deaden our ears or deaden our hearts to the cry of this child, or any child for that matter. And I think it's, it's such a
2: profound vision and understanding that, it can help us to change. Oh, indeed. And you know, when you're when you're, you're when you're comforting a child, have you noticed? That, I mean, when you observe people that are comforting a child, just like the picture you painted, they leave they leave an an intellectual area and they go to a whole different space.
3: Very organic.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that's the space that we want to go heart, to. The level of they, the heart. The, yeah. That's yeah. Right.
3: You know, don't. It's just sometimes all the soul needs is comfort. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, who doesn't like to be comforted? You know, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know anyone on this planet doesn't like to be comforted. Right. So the so the soul likes that as well. Yeah.
1: Well, we've got to take a break. Um, when we come back, we'll talk a bit more about the split second timing that is necessary. when the call comes, and we're if we're ready. Our lamps are trimmed. we'll we'll be there at that moment when the call does come. but we want to approach this with anxiety, not with anxiety, rather, but with excellence. So please stay with us. We'll be back in just a few moments.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
7: Access lesson one right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org
5: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And once again, we are back. Thank you very much for staying with us.
1: Today, we're talking about your soul and what it may be trying to tell you. And one of the things that uh, people have noted uh, about the spiritual path is that it seems at times that few people are really willing to follow it. But the fact is that many people are seeking God. They just may not know it yet. Here's more.
6: Francis Bacon wrote, There is a tide in the affairs of men which, when taken at its crest, leads on to fortune or victory. And I think those of you who know the tides of the sea and surfing know that there is a split-second timing to the wave, or else all is lost. That is the lesson that is taught here. It is not taught to increase anxiety, but to increase excellence. And an awareness that the answer is as timed as the call in every such case such as with the rich young ruler it is fear blessed children of the light which rules the heart and crystallizes the consciousness in human brittleness and frailty Alas, men do not derive joy from clutching their pitiful possessions. Did they not first receive all these gifts from God, from the Father, and are they not stewards of these graces? Behold then the Father's love, and let go of vain human ideas which have not brought you to the gate of happiness and life everlasting. Enter in by the straight gate which admits only divine love and find power, amplification, hope, and expansion in the realms of that eternally creative love. The gate of the guru admits only divine love. People may come for many reasons and make many sacrifices, but they must do so by love, not by the positioning of the self for self-gain, not by fear, not by the fundamental drive of self-preservation of the lesser self. The gate swings wide by love. It is important to ask oneself the question, am I a bearer of the cup of love? to my guru, Maitreya. Is my love emitting the signal, the electronic wavelength that will open the gate, will allow it to swing wide for me to enter in? Our dear students have so often lamented how few there are who sincerely seek the spiritual path and yearn to know God. You are a part of our band of light's children So blessed ones, remember only the few have found, yet the many are still seeking, but know it not. The fact that the many seek and know not that they are seeking or what they are seeking becomes the ultimate challenge to you and to me. They know not what they are hungry for. We've all had that experience. We're hungry for something, we open the refrigerator door, we look all over the place, we close the door again, we go to the closet, we look in the cracker bin, we look here, we look there, what are we going to eat? Hungry, but not knowing what for. A good mother and a good cook serves the meal that is just the thing you wanted, and you're so happy to find it ready and waiting. Many, many times I hear people in the kitchen. I can anticipate the sound, the footsteps to the refrigerator door. I hear the door open. I hear it close in about 45 seconds. And I know exactly what has happened. Not knowing what one is hungry for. Not wanting anything that one can see. And yet not knowing what would really satisfy the soul. Depending on people's fears and inhibitions, programming, upbringing, and so forth, people allow themselves only so much awareness of what is beneath the surface of identity. Many people don't want to know anything, want no responsibility, want no awareness. They like to think they're wonderful people and leave it at that. And they don't like to believe, no matter what pops up, like a jack-in-the-box out of that subconscious that really that's not a part of themselves. People like to get along with one another and consider that various human momentums of anger, outbursts and so forth, we just have to kind of roll with the punches and live with it, and that's the way people are and not look any further. Don't probe. Don't try to understand everything. You'll complicate your life. You'll make you and everyone around you unhappy there are those of us who are not afraid to experience either the superconscious mind or the subconscious to find the threads of identity. We're all seekers of the thread so that we can weave a garment and understand our life pattern and calling. Thus, some allow more than others and whatever the threshold of allowance is, that then comes to the threshing floor of the heart. And we decide by the lever of our judgment, our soul, one with Christ, what we will keep, what we will transmute. To probe these levels above and below means, then the decision within the heart, what will I sustain as my identity? What will I let pass into the sacred fire? That becomes a daily process of decision. Many people don't want to be bothered with those decisions. But the daily decision to be or not to be is the disciple's choice. And it is not a one-time decision. It's just like it's not a one-time judgment. Every day we decide whether or not we're going to keep the self of yesterday or a specific component thereof a specific shortcoming or self-limitation or a specific surge of triumph and overcoming some new breakthrough of our talent. We find we have an ability we hadn't discovered before. We can do some new thing. To be or not to be is a daily choice. It takes work and energy and striving and Not perpetual probing, which is certainly unhealthy to be engaged in introspective pursuits on an ongoing basis. This can lead us to a very warped view of self and of life. There should not be a preoccupation with what one is or with the subconscious because we want to challenge all of ourself into the drive of action, the path of discipleship, acts of grace winning the kingdom. You might say that the subconscious is like an oil well. Until people knew what to do with oil, it wasn't valuable. But oil today runs everything. So if you allow that which has been manifest through the, quote, decomposition of the old records of the past. If you allow the energy of the subconscious to flow through you and be spent through action, you find that the sowing of good action using the energies of the past is a transmutative experience. This is why, and how we ought to understand the great teaching of the Far East, that through service to life we balance karma. And you need to remember, by the sweat of the brow. When we engage in hard work, mental or physical, we notice that there is an expense of energy. We experience sweat, and interestingly enough, according to our cultured and educated sensorial perceptions, we find that sweat itself registers to us as an unpleasant odor, and we shower and bathe ourselves daily. Well, you might liken that to the understanding that the expenditure of energy in the doing of the good work is the misqualified energy of the subconscious. In this case, of course, this has to do with the normal functioning of the body and the releasing of toxins, etc. So, in action, we find that the resources misused can come forth through the physical body be spent, be transmuted, go through a certain filtering, purifying system until the oil that was crude oil becomes a refined oil, and finally it becomes the nectar, the oil of the crown chakra. So the process of purification and transmutation through service and the violet flame combined results in the energies of the subconscious channeling and rechanneling up through the chakras, finally returning to the great causal body as the record of good works and words in heaven. This is the path of discipleship.
1: And our good works are laid up in heaven, in our causal bodies. I was taken by that we balance karma through service to life. It's quite a simple statement, but very
3: profound it is you think of mother Teresa, and if there's anyone that gave service to life it was her yeah and so what i love about this is you we have as we talked about before we have what's called an electronic belt which is around the lower portion of our body Mm -hmm. which is energy that we have misqualified there's no place to go so it sinks it's heavy it's not light and we carry that around every place we go we're walking with this kettle drum around our waist, so to speak as you give service as you give violet flame as you balance karma what happens to that energy it rises. And as it rises, it becomes purified through your love and your service, and then it goes up to your causal body above you, which again, as you mentioned, Tom, are the treasures in heaven. Yeah. So it, it's a, you get two, two for the price of one. Not only do you <laughs> yeah. transmute the negative karma, but that then becomes a part of your causal body that you can also use to serve life.
1: You know, um, it's, speaking of the energy moving, one of the other images I've had in my mind many times is the, the divine light. The mother light, if you will, coming from the base of the spine, rising to the heart. At the same time, the energies in the crown chakra, the third eye, descending to the heart. They kind of, this is where we've said many times, you ascend through the heart. This is what was, I think, referred to. Mrs. Prophet was talking about the straight gate, you know, divine love. Yeah. The gate of the guru is opened by divine love. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a fascinating image that and that gate is the heart.
3: And how important it is to properly rise up that mother light from yeah. the base of the spine mm-hmm. chakra and not force it like some of the kundalini yogas do. That's a very dangerous practice. Um, we raise up the mother light in very gentle ways. Through the rosary, for example, the daily devotions to, to the Ma Ray, to Mother Mary, that will raise up the mother light in a perfectly safe way. So you can see how the rituals, the things we do, they all contribute. It's what we do each day. We don't go and spend all our time lamenting our, you know, <laughs> our faulty subconscious mind. That's That'll go on forever if you don't do something. Yeah. We get out and serve life, and that is the healing and the balancing of karma. Yeah,
1: and I think she made the point that um, you don't want to spend too much time probing.
3: Yeah. There's a time that, and a place for all all a it. There's a time for it. And then, you, then you need to live <laughs> <Yeah>. and
1: serve. In <laughs> yeah, action, I think, is uh, where we find the answer. Well, let's take a break. One more break. We'll come back and finish our program today on The Cries of Your Soul on The Open Door. Please stay with us.
0: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world.
4: Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads.
5: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back to wrap things up today on The Open Door. We're talking
1: about the cries of your soul. This is actually a part of a long series we're doing called the Enlightenment Masterclass, which is based on the Corona Class Lessons, which is a series of 48 dictations. Uh, shared equally by Jesus and Kutumi, who is the the great psychologist and also the latter embodiment, final embodiment, I mean, the, the final embodiment of the soul that was once known as St. Francis. Anyway, getting off topic here, what we want to talk about today in closing is the fact that we're talking about a pathway, a formula, if you will, and that the Corona class lessons represent a handbook for the spiritual life in the Aquarian age. And this is one of those great books that you can have at your bedside, you could have in your pocket if it fit, but take it with you because it's a wonderful manual for how to kind of get through this minefield. Well, the mine master, field.
3: the, the yeah. masters are there to help us. And, and you know, they're not there to criticize us. They're there to help us understand what we need to do differently, perhaps, uh, to, to make progress on the path. But they they love us and they're there to help us. And I think I was reflecting on the, the first comment uh, almost it was. Mrs. Prophet made in that second lecture excerpt, where she says, People allow themselves only so much awareness of what is beneath the surface of identity. Many people don't want to know anything, want no responsibility. Yeah. That's the fear and so forth. And I, I was just I was mentioning to the, the break to this gentleman here that when I did my inner child work, the, the person, the therapist I was working with, always invited me to bring a wisdom figure into the equation. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was Jesus. And mm-hmm. it, I said, Jesus, of course. And Tom, what did you say? Maitreya. <laughs> you know, it's depending on your background. You know, if you're an Eastern soul and, yeah. um, or a Western soul, whoever you feel close to, it's all the same. The, the Christ can go with you. And you, you gain an understanding not of a separation of your identity from your Christ self, but as part of your identity that you have not realized yet in full. And that's the exciting part. So you have your soul, you have your Christ self, you have your outer awareness, and there's, there's an equation there of them all coming together. And this mm-hmm. is what the Path of the Ascended Masters teach. I mean, it's thrilling to think about it, you know, that, that you can be a greater instrument for God and for the, your Holy Christ self. I mean, I've gotten to the point now where every day I say, Holy Christ self, be my every word, thought, and deed. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I've allowed him to do that, but I'm really trying because I realize that's who I really am.
1: Well, and that change becomes incrementally. I don't think we could probably survive it if it came all at once.
2: No, you're right. You're right. And, and, you know, I was just thinking, you know, you invite Jesus to, to walk with you and be your friend and one, one thing and another. And even Mother Mary has said, uh, invite me to tea. But we keep, <laughs> yeah, right. my wife and I, we keep a, l- a little uh, like a demitasse teacup, you know. Full of water, and and it's Mother Mary's tea not Give her a full cup. We <laughs> we do. We fill it. Up. Well, you know, it'll dry out a little bit. And we top it off. But it's very very sweet to think about the fact that Mother Mary wants to sit down and have tea with us, and Jesus the same. I know. Why not?
1: Well, e- even the thought is comforting of being able to walk and talk with the ascended masters, mm-hmm. with Jesus, or the master of your choice, or the masters for that matter of yeah. your choice, and that they will do that. I mean, they're they're not. I mean they're superior in some respects in terms of their attainment, but they, they're they're humble. Mm-hmm. They're friendly.
3: I mean they're, they're friends they're of our souls. Yeah, and just, you know, of course, don't forget to challenge the spirits if well, they, they too. especially <laughs> if they start to sing your praises. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's it is it's a very beautiful path. And Mr. Prophet said it's a glorious path. You know, I think that's what we need to understand. It's not all drudgery and hard work. I mean, some work is drudgery, let's face it. If you're digging a ditch, especially by hand, it's not that much fun. But, you know, when you're going into your subconscious at the appropriate times, it may not be that fun, but it's liberating. Yes. It's, don't be afraid to go with God where you need to go. Don't go where you not need to go at certain particular <laughs> times. But, you know, be, be, be aware of that. I mean, I remember there's one teaching that was given uh, by Lanello, the Ascended Master Lanello. He said, there are some records we have that are so intense, they only come up once a century. To be oh dealt with, gosh. and so you want to be ready for that. And and we spoke about <laughs> readiness in that quarter. When the when the bridegroom cometh, let's be ready. Okay, so yeah. we don't miss the boat, literally, um, to do yeah. that. And when these records come up that are intense records, be ready for them. Be ready for them with the violet flame, with whatever uh, you know counseling or work you can do with that. I mean, these things that have to be dealt with because there are karma. But be ready for it. You know, yeah. going to, you know baseball, they have spring <coughs> training, you know. Um, we've got to get ourselves <laughs> ready, you know, for the season. And, you know, for some of us, we're a little late. Um, so get ready. And then then they don't. the fear can go. You know, I'm ready for this. God is with me. I've prepared myself for the climb. You know, I'm going to climb this mountain, with God's grace. I may fall down a few times, but I'm going to keep going because I know it's God's will for me. I know that he loves me. And if I do my part then he will do his part or she.
1: Do you suppose we have spiritual aerobics? (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'll bet we do I like the way she got into the sweat <laughs> of the brows so I speak. know, I was you kind know, of going and, there too and, and removing the toxins and just working hard you know, there's just something righteous about it. You know, her.
3: I've shared a little bit of the story I think once before, but when I first started to summer university a uh, number of years ago at that time it was a three month quarter and we were just getting ready for one of our quarterly conferences and so we helped get ready for it and one of the ones was putting up this big tent and to do that we had to drain a drain field in case it rained. So I was selected to go six feet underground with a shovel and dig mud up and you know even my brain at that time could see there was an analogy here you know I had to clean up the mess I made with my karma you know go deep down so God knows what we need yeah trusting God is a great freedom it really is and when you get to know God so to speak when you interact in your prayers and you learn to listen and so forth and when you can look at you know Jesus or a master or someone say, I trust you. I trust you that you love my soul and that you'll only bring those things to me that I need. It doesn't mean it's going to be a smooth sail. You know, I think of that, that the picture of the Cutty Sark that was painted, the Clipper Ship, you know, I have one in my uh, home. It says racing home and the waves are Going, you know, we're racing home and there's going to be some waves, but God gives us the tools. We can put them together. You don't have to learn everything overnight, but pace yourself, incorporate things in your life, build a momentum of meditation, of service, of being with God every day. Things will really start to change. You
1: know, And you, um, you opened a door just a crack a little while ago uh, when you mentioned the fact that uh, you want to maybe call to your higher self. To help you make sure that the light that you're experiencing may be the real thing, yeah. Because when you start to invite the masters into your consciousness, they will be there in many levels. But if they're, like you said, if they're there, and one of them singing your praises, might be a cue to <laughs> challenge that light because it might not be right. Can I master, see?
2: Can I see your ID? <laughs> you're right. And the masters tell us to
3: challenge us because yeah. there are people that that impersonate forces on the astral plane, impersonate the ascended masters. Yeah, But right. you know what? The the you'll know. You will know. You know, and you'll make the call
2: to Jesus and say, if that, you're not real. The that's platform. why a lot of violet flame will help you become more sensitive yeah. to uh, yeah. that sermon. Discernment, given yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. It has been. I mean,
1: I think there's this whole series, again, i going to go back to make this point one more time about, you know, we're entering the Aquarian Age. And we're going to be perhaps the ones who will sh- shepherd in a golden age. And to do that, we've got to be ready, we've got to be prepared, there's a lot going on inside of us that we can help and hasten if we are consciously aware of it and make the choice. So, you know, in terms of, you mentioned Violet Flame, of course, whenever we're thinking about this whole path, there's always this idea of practicality, that whatever else it may be, the Master's path is practical, it's doable, it's not above your head, it's not beyond your reach, it's, it's something that you can achieve and do.
3: You know, I just want to add one thing before we close, Tom, is I think your soul is excited that you are learning this because your soul can now be heard. Mm
1: -hmm. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So let's uh, let them know where they can get in touch with us if they want to with ideas, suggestions, concerns.
2: Yeah, we like to hear from Whenever. you. We are at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org, and we do like to hear from you.
1: Yeah, you know, I have, to, I have to, True confessions. I've not checked in about three days. I've kind of been doing other things. Forgive me. I will get to your emails as soon as I get out to done with the show today. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank you all again for being with us, uh, being part of this mandala. It is our joy and our pleasure and our privilege to share it with you, and we're grateful that you're there sharing it with us. So thank you so much. God bless you. And as you like to say, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are
3: out of this world. world.
0: Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.